We really don't like missing persons cases, but we decided to cover this case because, you know, Ohio. Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. Okay, missing persons case. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should give a disclaimer at the fact that we, when we decided, God, it's been almost two years now to start doing this podcast business, uh, mm-hmm. we said we were not going to do fucking missing persons or unsolved cases, all that shit. That was not what we wanted to do. But um, just a little backstory, I was doing some research to try and find some information on, you know, shit of places that I have been before and came across an article that said they wanted a podcast to do this case. And I brought it to Lorraine and she was like, yeah, bro, I will do this. So that's how we got here. Yep. Yep. Sure is. She talked me into it. Damn it. I know. She's a bad influence. (laughs) I mean, you know, (laughs) you keep telling me this. I, I, did not believe all of the craziness that was going on with this case because obviously it's from, you know, the early aughts. I mean, I was in middle school at the time, which there's another case we're going to cover. When I was in middle school, some some weird, wacky shit happened. But Ugh. yes, yeah. I know. Yuck. Um, but well, this uh, one, what year was it? Because early aughts, I mean, you were in middle school, but that was my prime, like, clubbing days. Let's be real. Like, so, I'm just going to say he graduated in 97, this guy. Oh, he, oh, he's older than me then. Okay. I was thinking, like, yeah, 2007. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, so, he's definitely older than both of us. Yes, he is older than both of us. And... Uh, before we get into any of this, there has been recent discovery about this case that we're going to go over um, that other podcasters have found. So I am going to weigh in on what everyone else is talking about. But uh, without further ado, we're going to talk about um, the case of the missing med student, Brian Schaefer. So here we go. What's it with fucking Columbus, Cincinnati and med students? Like, remember I had my case of the Bob Mackey Museum and that was med students in that area too. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I know. Shit's going crazy over there. <laughs> so, um, this case was highly covered at the time, but it has since died down quite a bit, like most missing persons cases that are over 10 years old. I mean, you do like even three or four years, you're talking anniversaries at that point is the only time it's being covered, and then it just dwindles down even further from that. So this particular missing persons case is a little more bizarre because the CCTV footage of the building where Brian Schaefer was seen is very specific to the entrance and exit of this particular establishment. Uh, and, of course, I will go into greater detail about the actual building itself because it's a little strange if you haven't really been there or been to an area that's like this. But I'm excited to hear about what it is now because you've kept that for me and I haven't done any research. I didn't I didn't dive into it. So right. I'm excited to hear about it. So 
before all that, I'm going to start from the beginning and talk about Brian, who he is, where he grew up, and, you know, just what his prospects are for the future. So, Brian Schaefer grew up in Pickerington, Ohio. And what the fuck is that? It's a suburb of Columbus. Ew. Yeah. Sounds terrible. So... (laughs) You know, it's not it's not surprising that he would attend Ohio State University. It's literally right next Fuck door. Yeah. It's not that far. Fuck yeah, Buckeye. Fuck yeah. Buckeyes Buckeye. are I and I typed out Buckeyes are a proud people. There's your sign. Yes, we are. <laughs> yep. So, fun fact, Pickerington used to be called Jacksonville after President Andrew Jackson until people of the city petitioned in 1827. To call it the city of Pickerington after its founder, Abraham Pickering. Well, that's a bold choice. (laughs) A little fun history tidbit for you guys. Seems like a lateral move with the bewigged (laughs) assholes of the the past. But this, however, who am I I to say? it's, It's a nice suburb, right? It's like what Parma is to Cleveland, for example. It's a nice little suburb. Raise your family. Okay. Say the Schaefer's just set up shop in a decent sized town. There's enough to do there. The grocery stores are nearby. All of that. University nice. adjacent. You know, what's not to okay. love? Okay. All right. Good for them. Good for you, Schaefer's. Yeah. So Brian Schaefer grew up in a household with mom, dad, and younger brother. So he had a sibling. He graduated from high school in 1997. The number one rock song on the charts is Marcy Playground Sex and Candy. So Oh yeah. We're starting off real strong here, right? It's a good one. 97 was fun. Yeah. That was a good that was a good time. Good time for music. <laughs> so mom is a registered nurse. And it was actually hard to find what dad did. So I did some digging. I don't know. I mean, they were well to do. They weren't really like struggling or anything. Um, but they're, they're, they're paying for Brian's tuition, like out of pocket. So he's not getting a loan or anything. And they were were well off enough to not have to get, you know, subsidized loan. Yeah. And, and he was a local. So, I mean, he wasn't paying like out of state fees and he wasn't staying really at a dorm. He was staying more like at home or, uh, apartment nearby, whatever. Right. Nine, nine, in the 90s, though, dude, I mean, that's like if you had a, a two parent household that had in, both had income. I mean, that was the fucking days, man. Right. You were living, living beyond the life. At least my family was shit. I no, nothing like how they told me I was going to have. And I'm a millennial that's broke as fuck with uh, student loans. So exactly, I mean, exactly. You know, and when I was younger, I used to think I swear to you, I'm not even joking. I used to think that families that had a refrigerator with an ice maker, they were rich people because they could afford their refrigerator to make ice for them. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so I bet they had one. That's yeah. That's how well off I mean, they were. <laughs> I had one as a kid, but that that just goes into like what I just said about how how broke I am now because I don't have one anymore. But I had one when I was growing up in the nineties with my parents. Right. So um. Brian is known to love Pearl Jam. Uh, Fuck he, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, he, Brian. He even goes so far as to get Pearl Jam's stick man tattooed on his right arm. Oh. He, yeah. He loves the beach. 
and hanging out with friends, obviously. Honestly, he seemed like a pretty free spirit, but he was studious, you know. He ends up attending Ohio State University for his undergrad. He studied microbiology. So okay, he has a bachelor's in microbiology by 2004. So after this, he decides to further his studies and attends the OSU College of Medicine. So this dude's no fool, okay? He's, he's a very smart man. And he's got book smarts. He's already a college graduate by this point. Now, but judging by his music choice, I bet he dabbles in extracurriculars. I, I mean, I mean, OSU, OSU, that whole territory. I mean, you you got to know how to be a seasoned partier to go to OSU and survive. <laughs> Let's just be honest. So the wiki article about this case it irks me because there's a couple things I'm gonna get into about his former girlfriend that he was with at the time of his disappearance. I'm not saying she has a part in it in any way, but there's also some things that this wiki article says uh, that I'm actually going to break down in more detail. Because, like I said earlier, when I watch the CCTV footage, some stuff isn't adding up. Plus, I'll actually get into what another podcast actually discovers about the CCTV footage, which is actually really, really interesting. Ugh, I'm over here shaking in my boots. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm yeah. like waiting to hear this because it's been hard not to look it up. So, you know, we're posting this man's photo all over social media. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <clears throat> He's got looks. He's got charisma, a future in the medical profession. He came from an all-American family. We heard all this shit before. He looks like a dude I would have fucked in in college. He's for sure. Good, like, he's a good I mean, looking guy. He is a good looking good guy. Good looking dude. Um, I mean, the CC footage, he's a little, you know, uh tall and lanky, which really isn't my uh well, neither is his package, but still, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> at that time in my life, I, I would have, you know, Pearl Jam tattoo, okay. Right. You know, yeah. So can talk to me about microbiology. I'm here for it. Sure, whatever you want. Brian has it all, okay? Or at least that's what it seems like from the outsiders looking in. Which, you know, a lot of people put on a facade. And in early March of 2006, Brian's mother passes away. Oh, no. Yeah, so she had a rare form of bone cancer that she was battling, and um, she was only battling it for a short time. I know exactly how this feels. (laughs) That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. So this hits Brian extremely hard. Like him and his mom were like, you know, they were thicker than thieves. And his friends and family say he's even having a really tough time processing through this. While he's dealing with this, he's studying for finals before spring break. Okay, he's a second year med student after he just finished his bachelor's degree in microbiology. His mom passes away, and he's trying to study for finals. It's extremely difficult to do. He's he's got to be self medicating. He's or hella stressed. Something. Fuck yeah. yeah. 
27 Downers years old. to go to sleep, like uppers yeah. to stay awake and study, like the whole full Monty with that for sure. Mm hmm. Uh, not only that, but he is planning a trip for spring break with his girlfriend. So we will get into that a little bit later as well. So he's 27 years old. Spring break is a, about here and uh, they're getting ready to celebrate. Brian and his best friend Clint decide they want to go out and get tore up. So there's plenty of bars, plenty of opportunities to do that in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, duh. Fuck yeah, there is. Oh, yeah. Your parents only know so much about what you're up to when you're in college. So who knows what Brian tells his father, Randy Schaefer, about how he's feeling and what kind of stress he's been going under, you know. Nonetheless, Brian still shows up to dinner at Outback Steakhouse to spend time with his father and just talk about, like, the next semester, how he's doing, you know, finals are coming up, blah, blah, the usual shit. Right. Keep it up appearances. Right. Now, Randy stated that Brian, he looked disheveled. He looked exhausted. Uh, He even advises Brian even that maybe maybe you should take it easy tonight and you should stay home and get some rest. Brian's not having that shit. He's like, no way, man, first day of spring break. I don't care what the hell I look like. But here's the thing. Fun fact, this is when, according to multiple articles and the wiki page, it is assumed that Brian is supposed to propose to his girlfriend, Alexis, on their trip to Miami that his mother had purchased for the two of them as a Christmas present to the both of them before she passed away. So this now, night or this spring break? This spring break. So he's supposed to leave okay. on Monday for spring break with his girlfriend Alexis to where he is potentially going to propose to her. So now he's got his mother's death. His final exams, spring spring break is fast approaching where he's potentially going to be proposing to his girlfriend. This motherfucker is stressed. What what night in question is this that he's out to dinner with his dad and all this stuff is happening? This is a Friday. Okay, so this is like end of the week. He probably just finished exams and all that shit. This is a Friday. He's ready to... Monday's the big trip. Yes, exactly. So he's got the weekend. You know, he's got the weekend to do whatever. And Alexis is not and like, even like many white people in Ohio. We're gonna get fucked up. We're gonna right? get like fucked that, up tonight. Yeah, that's, right. That's what Cl- that's what Clint you said, right? Clint. Yep, that's his Clint, friend. Yes, that's what Clint said. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah. So Alexis is not down in Columbus. She actually goes to Toledo to see her family before she leaves for Miami. She's not going out with them. So it's just the guys. And I don't know if there's any actual truth to him potentially proposing to Alexis because I don't see anything that's concrete. They didn't find a ring anywhere. I mean, I'm sure he didn't bring the ring out with him when he went out to the bar and shit. You would assume that if he proposes, he's going to have some sort of ring. Did she, um, like, has she done interviews about the situation at all or? Alexis? Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After the oh, fact? yes. Yeah. Did she speak about it? Like, I mean, because you can probably tell from her, like, verbiage and her 
like demeanor on whether or not they were in a place to for that to happen. You know what I mean? They had like, been seeing each other for a you know a while, and things were getting really, um, they were getting really formal. I guess you're gonna go meet my mother, then you're gonna come to Christmas with us, and like they were just doing a lot of mm. couple things together. But there's like so, be a social media at the time. <laughs> No, social media at the right. time was MySpace. It wasn't Facebook. So Facebook was right. not really popular yet. And so on his MySpace page, he would say things all the time to Alexis. Like, you know, I love you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, there's a lot of indications that, like, oh, okay. they were really okay, going to go the you, distance. Brian. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just not sure. I'm not positive. But I guess kind of what I, what I was asking is, like, her demeanor on, like, you can tell if somebody's speaking about their, you know, significant other on whether they're like googly eyed in love or whether, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That like honeymoon period, like, you know what I mean? That's like the, how just she different... was. Okay. That's exactly. kind of what I was asking. Okay. Okay. Yep. So she was very like smitten and when whenever like they smitten, would ask yeah. they would ask about him, oh my God, he's he means so much to me and just like all this stuff. And you could tell, you could tell that she was like deeply devoted to him. So Brian's father knows about the trip, obviously, duh. He tries to talk Brian into resting over the weekend, the whole weekend. He's like, Man, you know, you've really been stressed. Your your mother's passing has really been Weighing heavy on you. Just take it easy. All right. Take a break before you got this big trip coming up. Come on. So after dinner, he hits up Clint and the two of them make the game plan, right? They're like, where are we going to go, man? Where are we going to do this at? And it it starts off at the Ugly Tuna Saluna in Gateway Plaza, located six blocks away from Brian's apartment. And right down the street from the Ohio State campus, located on North High Street. So this is on North High Street, and it's kind of like uh, Gateway Plaza is kind of like an alleyway that's off of the main road. So I'm so looking it up right now, so I can see what it looks like these days. It's very. So. It looks relatively the same as it did back then. Only the Ugly Tuna Saloon is not there anymore. So what's interesting about this place is I know this area very well because obviously we've frequented bars in that area. And I've been in Gateway Plaza because another friend of oh, mine. Shit. Right. Oh, I've totally been there. You okay. know where it is. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll post a picture okay, of okay. Gateway Plaza so you guys can actually see it. But another good friend of mine, she was opening up an esports gaming facility in Gateway Plaza. And this was not that long ago. I mean, it was only like a couple of years ago I toured the place. Right, yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. I'm going to say this one time and one time only. We don't know where he's located and we don't know every single minute detail about the investigation. <clears throat> but I will tell you that the people who own the buildings in Gateway Plaza... Tell new tenants to be cautious of the spirit of the missing med student because weird shit happens in those buildings all the time. Oh, God. Yeah. So um, since my friend was getting ready for this facility to be open, it used to be a bar. And there's like a mezzanine deck above the bar, like the main bar. 
And then there's another bar up there. And it's like, you know, a two-tiered bar system. And it used to be really popular, I guess. But she's getting this facility ready to open. And she would have to deal with all the building codes and all that shit. And the electricity would do wonky things. The plumbing would leak unexpectedly in the building. Um, and all these buildings are connected in one way or can another. I you, can I ask you a question about that real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm looking at pictures. Okay. So it looks like the Ugly Tuna Saluna was, um, I guess, like, okay, so I see the escalator and all that. So is this, like, um, there's a building, and then if you go inside the building, it's kind of like a where they have, like, suites almost, I guess. Yeah. You can call them different buildings, like, businesses inside of a main building. Yes and no. So it's kind of, it's hard to explain without actually going and seeing it or seeing the picture. But the Ugly Tuna Saluna is upstairs, right? And you can see that in the picture. But how it is, is there is a glass door and you open it, and there's a set of stairs and then escalators that go upstairs. On the left-hand side, if you're looking, if you're going up the escalator, on the left-hand side, there's actually a movie theater over there. So there's a Cinemark in the building. Okay. So it's kind of like um, uh, an eclectic building, but on the bottom floor, it's like, other buildings that are connected to the same building. They're just butted really close up against each other. And in the back half of the building, there's like a place where they go and empty their trash, like a trash chute and an elevator, like a service elevator, shit like that. Okay. Yeah. They have, well, I guess what I was trying to describe is they have a lot of those, um, I call them sweet type buildings, um, in Toledo now. And they have a lot in in Michigan in different parts mm -hmm. of Michigan where it's like a, well, I mean, even the, quote unquote malls in Vegas are like that. You know what I mean? Like how you it's a yeah. main building, but you go in and it's kind of like a shopping mall, but it's not. It's just a bunch of little businesses in like a sweet setting. Right. I yep. just wondered if this was the same type of establishment. It is in the front. And then once you go towards the back half, there's other buildings that are just connected to it. So yes. So um the esports gaming thing is where was that located in correlation to so it's currently located because it's open now it's currently located on the same side as the ugly tuna saluna was so if you're going into gateway plaza you're going um into the alleyway essentially is what it looks like it looks like a nice little like gentrified alleyway and on the side where the ugly tuna saluna is or was if you keep going down that alleyway towards like the parking garage, for example, that's all the way towards the back on the right hand side, there will be the esports gaming facility and that's on the bottom floor. So it's relatively close. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at a, like an aerial view of the establishment right now. So I, I understand what you're saying. So there's like the alleyway, it almost looks like a road here, but, um, so then the ugly tuna is on the right hand corner and then across it looks like that's where the parking was. And then it says on this, that there was a lot of construction around the building at that time. Yes. And there is currently actually, because they're trying to turn the ugly tuna saluna into something else. So there's still construction and, and the only reason I know this is one, because I went there 
to go check out the other facility. And two, because if you see on Google, like on Google Earth or Google Maps even, um, when you put the little guy on the street so you can actually see the street view, you can see like a construction worker like opening the door and going in. And it's all, when you go, you can actually go in the building in Google Maps. Oh, nice. So Isn't you Google can Maps see so it. scary like that, though? It's, it's fun. Right. Like it's Especially in college towns, I feel like it's very necessary now. Like, it didn't used to be necessary, yeah. but after shit like this happens, you're like, oh, yeah, Google Maps needs to go in there. Because you're curious, also, you know, you want to see. Right. And so I just found another aerial view just to, like, explain to the listeners. Um, so this is actually looking at the other side. So I talked about the construction and then the uh, ugly tuna is, like, in the, we're going to say at the front right-hand corner on this mm -hmm. view. And then there's alleys. Um, it's showing a picture of his apartment. Like, his apartment is not close. I mean, in Six blockage city wise. blocks. Like big blocks. Yeah. Yes. Big ones. Big mm -hmm. ones. Okay. They're so. not like suburb blocks where you got like a bunch of streets all meshed together. These are like big city blocks. Like they're huge. Yeah. This isn't like downtown Columbus blocks like what we know today. Cause this mm -hmm. isn't at all. This is like way farther than that. I just thought that needed to be mentioned if you weren't going to mention it already oh yeah i was sorry to jump in there. okay sorry <laughs> to, sorry to steal that from you all right i'm putting the phone fine. down not look not looking at any more pictures i'm gonna wait for you to tell me <laughs> so and i typed out anyway <laughs> right after 9 p.m clint and brian get ready to head out on the town you know first stop ugly tuna they immediately start throwing back shots. They're not a beer drinking kind of crowd. It's shots and, you know, maybe you're taking a chaser. Ugh, like, they're probably like Soko and Limes. Like yucko. in 2006, it's probably oh, Soko and yeah. Limes. So, or like kamikazes, some garbage dump. <laughs> <laughs> right. She was a bartender, can you tell? Yeah. So liquid courage in full effect right these two dudes start down the street and they do a little bar hop and like fuck it let's go somewhere else let's let's just walk down the street and see what happens you never know what's going to happen at spring break around 10 p.m alexis calls brian to chat with him for a couple minutes you know just see what's going on because remember she's not there she's up in toledo right it's still early too 10 o'clock that's early yeah not to mention, their flight to Miami leaves Monday morning. Right. And she is, for those of you who don't know, Toledo to Columbus is about two, two and a half hours. So it's not Two that hours and 20 minutes if you're, uh, if you're nasty. Two it's hours not and that minutes. far, right? Not at all. Highway, too. Highway travel. And a lot of students for spring break, whatever, they'll go home. If they live close enough. Oh, yeah. So this isn't surprising. It's not like she just like took off and left and just left him there. She wanted to go see her family before they ended up taking this long, quote unquote, romantic type trip. Right. Maybe she was like letting her dad know, hey, you know, elbows here. This conversation might happen. You never yeah. know. Or maybe she just needed to restock her fridge at the dorm. Who knows? <laughs> so. Going to a few other bars that night and eventually meeting up with Clint's friend Meredith, Brian and Clint went from the Gateway Plaza to the Short North Arts District. And I know you know where that's at. I love the Short North. Okay. So this is six minutes by car. So, I mean, drunk them probably could have walked there, but you're 
to walk back. You're hammered at this point. Meredith is like, oh. I'll, I'll give you a ride. I'm, I'll just give Let, you a ride. Yeah, let's not talk about me hammered in college or there around that thing, like trying to get me to walk anywhere. Come on. No. Like, you've the, been there. The walk it's of shame without your heels. Yes, I'm... <laughs> I get it. It ain't pretty. Right. So no. six minutes, that's like 20 years. We aren't doing it that is. shit. Meredith offers them a ride back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. And like we were talking about, there's a parking garage behind Gateway Plaza. So no no trouble finding parking. It's late. It's like 1 a.m. So people have come and gone. The Ugly Tuna Saluna is actually an Ohio State staple. It's like one of the main bars that a lot of people go to. Is it? Yes. I've never even fucking heard of it until before, like this Yes. Case. Okay. Because there's an Ugly Tuna Saluna too. So they, okay. they didn't have enough room for an, however many people were going to Ugly Tuna. So they made a second bar. And then when that one closed down, everyone just migrated over. Okay. It's wild. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So she's with them now. So it's Brian, Clint, and Meredith. And the short north, I understand them going down there because there's a shit ton of bars down there. Oh, yeah. And even today, I looked up, like, because you can look up, you know, the short north, Columbus short north, and they have, like, their own website. And it tells you like all the microbreweries and all the small plates places and all like the really, you know, just all of the shit there is to do over there. It's ridiculous. Short North is like the hipster college area. Like it's they've got a little bit of everything. I mean, they got fucking North Market. They've got I mean, I love Short North because there's so many different flavors of shit to do. Mm -hmm. Like just, you know, there's something for everybody. and. They decide we're done having our fun here. We're going back to Ugly Tuna. So now this is where things get a little weird. Where the Ugly Tuna Saluna is located is on the second floor, like we said. So you're entering the building from High Street. This establishment is currently being renovated. And uh, it's becoming like some sort of office buildings and stuff, too. Like, if you go in there now, if you wanted to go in there to take a peek, they actually have the Ugly Tuna Saluna or where it used to be. They have a wall there now, so there is nothing there to see. They tore it all see, out. That's what I was looking up, like, to try and see what it what it's around. Because, like, I'm looking at the aerial views and I'm like, I just cannot picture this place. And if this is a SEBA staple, I feel like. I've had to have been around that area, you know? Yeah. And it's very, it's a very popular place. It's, um, but it's so, it's kind of tucked away. Honestly, if you're not looking for it, you can't really see it. So the Ugly Tuna at the time, they had like a big neon sign, like hanging from the side and you can see it in the pictures. So it's hanging from the side of the building. So when you, when you're walking down high street, you can see that sign. On the side of the building, if you were looking for Gateway Plaza, you'd have to see, you'd have to turn left, and then it's, like, tucked away a little bit. So you can see, like, where it says Gateway Plaza, it's actually tucked back from, like, the sidewalk area. 
Yeah, it's just, it's a weird layout. I don't know why, like, it, I don't know. It makes me, like, uncomfortable. I don't know why. Maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's the ambiance of the whole thing. But, like, I feel like I should have seen this place before. Right. You know what I mean? Like, kind of right. one of those things. But I can't picture it at all. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. The way to get up to the bar is obviously the stairs of the escalator. And the bar at the time was up the stairs or the escalators to the right. There's a fixed security camera that's looking down, so you can see the entire escalator, stairs, the door you open to access the building. Like, you can see all that from the camera. So, at about 1.15 a.m., you can see Brian, Clint, and Meredith talking, they're chilling on the escalator. Because fuck stairs, and they're going up to head to the bar. I mean, they're clearly not sober, right? <laughs> okay. They're clearly seen on T- CCTV footage. Everyone has seen it. It's all over the internet. If you haven't seen it, we can direct you to a plethora of YouTube videos, because there's a lot more than I thought there was going to be. They dismount the escalator, and they turn right. Now's drink time. They enjoy the evening, but uh-oh, Brian and Clint get into an argument while inside the bar. Uh-oh, not good. Who knows what the fuck they argued about? Uh, because you can't find it anywhere. They, um, perhaps they interviewed Meredith, because clearly she was supposed to be there with them. But literally you can't find anything about it other than they got into an argument at the bar. So drunk you you're with your your good buddy you're out whatever they could have been arguing about literally anything right they get some liquor in them and they start opening up and shit starts coming out you never know right clint's been trying to get fucked up all day man you know since nine right like exactly who knows how many shots they had exactly at 155 a.m you can then see Brian on the CCTV footage, that same camera, they're outside the ugly tuna. And he's he's not with his friends. That's not Meredith. That's not Clint. That's two different women. Yeah, so he's chatting it up with two different women. Maybe he's like, oh, what are you guys doing after this? You know, like everyone's looking for a fucking after party. One, it's spring break. Hello, everyone's. Or, or we're not a ride. done at 2 a.m. My ride left me. Can you guys help me out? Who knows? Who knows? So the detectives later find out that these two women that he's talking to are Brighton Zatko and Amber Ruick. Um, Okay. But his two other friends, they're nowhere. They're nowhere to be seen. And I am. I'm actually curious to see that. I haven't seen this, but I'm curious to see the CCTV footage of them leaving the bar to see how easy it is to spot them because clearly we saw them going up the escalator. We knew it was them. I want to see them going down the escalator to see how easy it is to spot people going down the escalator because uh, the argument separated the two around 158. You see Brian and the two women move out of frame and it's, it's stated that they went back in the bar and that's Brian it. and the two women? Yeah. Or his yes. friend. Okay. And that's After it. After the little the little corner shot of them. Right. And that's all they then after that, 
Brian's gone. They literally don't see him on the CCTV footage anywhere. They don't see him leaving the bar. Um, all of this, like, poof. He just disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth after this. Okay, so can I make a comment about Columbus City and their their CCT their, their CC footage? Can I make a, a, a slight comment about? I don't know if you're going to get into this or not. Yes, I um, am, but you can. Okay, then you go ahead, and I'll comment later. You okay. might already going to be do- saying this. So all right. Uh, so Clint and Meredith are looking for their friend at bar closing time. They can't find him. They're shouting his name to see if he's in the bar. Uh, or just outside the bar, you know, people, you, your friends are like, oh, I'll just wait for you out here. Um, After a fight, though, uh, I don't know if I believe that. Right. They even go so far as to wait for him at the bottom of the stairs, just outside the establishment. So they're actually like outside the door even. And they're still waiting. Okay. And they're like, um, Clint's, he's texted Brian's phone at 210. Where are you at? Uh, he does, when he doesn't show and doesn't answer his text, then they think, well, you know, maybe he just went home. I mean, he only lives six blocks. City blocks. Right. So they just leave. They're like, fuck it, we're leaving. But you just said that they weren't caught on CC going down the escalator or whatever. So so this could all be a farce. Like, this could all be a story, a drunken story of them yelling for his name, standing on stairs. That's the thing. I don't know. And that's only what they told police. Now, okay. not, I'm not talking they. I'm probably talking Meredith because, as we find out later, Clint does not want to cooperate. So, okay. yeah. Apparently, this isn't like Brian, but they leave anyway. They're like, fuck it, we're leaving. It seems kind of weird. It seems off to me. This whole thing is rubbing me the wrong way already. That's why I don't like missing persons cases. There's, there's no solution. So Saturday comes around and nobody hears from Brian. Alexis is thinking to herself, he's, you know, just probably got a hangover. He's right, sleeping, sleeping it off. off. Remember, she's still in Toledo, so she's not checking up on him. Right. Brian's dad, however, is he's thinking the same thing. This isn't unusual. Um... Alexis and Brian's father, Randy, call Brian's cell phone and they get no answer. Uh, in fact, it actually goes right to voicemail. So Oh, I was even... going to ask, does it actually ring or does it go? And you know what? Oh. I've, I've been there before. You go out all night drinking. Woo! I mean, they started at like 9.30. So from 9 right, till 2 a.m., of... you're fucking hammered. He was out of the house at dinner with his dad, too, in, like, 2006, right, you said? 2006? Oh, yeah. At Outback Steakhouse? Like, right. Cell, cell phones those days, they don't hold a charge like that. I mean, he you, probably you could a throw Nokia. a Nokia against the wall. <laughs> right. You could throw a Nokia against the wall, but, I mean, it's not going to hold a charge, though. But at a this razor, time... It, it ain't doing it. That's what I was going to say. Razors were really popular during this time. And their flip phone, for, for our younger listeners, literally, it's, like, so thin but it flip, it's a flip phone. So you call, you text, you take shitty-ass pictures and whatever. Um, you can actually hang up on people, snap that thing snap, down, like, yeah, bitch. Right. Bye. Yeah. Sunday, however, the family and Brian's girlfriend are getting worried. Yeah. He's not just, he doesn't just have a hangover, which I've been there. 
I have a hangover. I don't feel good. My phone was low battery. It ends up dying. You know, it is what it is. But Sunday, they still don't hear from them. They're like, okay, something ain't right. This is not definitely not like Brian. So they file a missing persons report. Yeah, plus like 20s. I mean, you could recover so much faster then. Like, you're <laughs> right. ready to go by like 9, 10 o'clock on the next day. You're good. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah, this You'll is, figure it out. This is your kegs and eggs days. Like, fuck yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so Sunday, that's a long time. Right. So they file a missing persons report on Sunday. He then, on Monday, misses his flight to Miami. So now it's really sinking in. Like, something's fucking wrong. Something right. happened to him, and nobody knows what's going on. Now, Alexis is interviewed on numerous occasions, and she says... She was scared, but also a little upset, thinking, quote, why could he have done this to me? Why right, could he have ghosted? Just, why could he have just left and not said goodbye? So she's like upset and she's scared. She's nervous that something happened. And she's probably a, a clusterfuck of emotions. Exactly. Like not knowing she what the hell's going she on. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't know what's going on. She wasn't even down there. I'm sure she's thinking in her mind, if I was there with him, this wouldn't have happened. You know, all that stuff goes through your head. So I'm curious to see, like, since you've seen interviews or whatever, has she spoke about his friend Clint or Meredith? No. Nothing. I don't think she at all. I don't think she knew Meredith, although I'm not certain. But I don't think anybody asks her about Clint. As far as I'm... That's interesting. That's well, weird to me. I didn't actually see any interviews interviews, so I'm not really sure, but... Because if, if that's his boy, you know, obviously the woman of his life is going to know about his boy. They hung out with each other at one time or another, right? At least fucking knew about each other. And if she... You know what I mean? Like, it, was she pissed? She was like, oh, fuck, he's hanging out with Clint. Like, oh, they're going to go get fucked. They're going to go to a rager. There, there goes my weekend. That's going to fuck up my vacation. You know what I mean? Right. I can like, just. Who, who knows why she called at 10? Like, she knew that he was going out. Like, checking right. in on him who... or something. I don't know. Right. Like, everybody's got a reckless friend that could have been. You know what I mean? It, it could have been him. He's pretty reckless. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. Those are the questions I'm curious about. Yeah. In the area where Gateway Plaza is, they said there's a lot of criminal activity over there. More like so there's more cameras than usual. It's even stated in some of the documentaries and stuff that I watched. There's more cameras in Columbus and especially in that area. One, because it's a college town. It that that goes without saying. But there's more cameras in that part of Columbus than there are in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Toledo. Yep, there it is. That's what I was waiting to see if you were going to so say. So there's, uh, there's a poop ton. <laughs> Columbus, um, there is actually um, an astronomical amount of funding for the city of Columbus. So there is more more cameras, CC, like locations, whatever, in the city of Columbus, especially near campus, than Washington, D.C. And Yeah, it's, it's nuts. And they're good CC footage. Like, you can, like, read the numbers on a dollar bill. Like, it's, like, they're heavy duty on, you know what I mean? Like, that's where a lot of your tax money goes is the cameras. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, College Town, duh, 
It's probably because of drugs and car- getting cars breaking into and all of that. It, the capital of Ohio is one of the biggest party epicenters other than Ohio University in Athens. And I was going to say Athens is like the only other comparable spot. Yes. And among others, such as Kent State and BG. Um, but also there's a lot of gun activity. And I guess sex trafficking is really bad right there. In Columbus? Really? Yeah. Yes. In that area of Columbus. Uh, apparently there's That's interesting. a recipe for disaster over there. Because actually the biggest, well, okay, I'm obviously a hairdresser, have been for 15 years, and we are required in the state of Ohio to um, take continuing education every two years. And one of our courses is um, sex trafficking or, mm-hmm. you know, to, to we have to take it to keep our license renewed. And the Ohio is the worst state in the entire U.S. for sex trafficking, but the worst like city town whatever is actually Toledo and Port Clinton area yeah so that that surprises me that Columbus is a big hub for it too and it's crazy because like I said earlier Columbus is not that far away from Toledo so I feel as though like the the Toledo um the Ohio Michigan border is where Toledo sits so that right there you're going into Canada real quick because it's really right. not that far. Six miles by boat from Port Clinton. Six Columbus miles. is really not that far either. So I wasn't actually surprised to read that statistic. But uh, Alexis is now calling Brian's cell phone frequently, trying to get any sort of ringtone at this point because it's just going to voicemail. And uh, she calls her his phone every single day even in the hopes that maybe he got somewhere, he charged his phone up, but there's nothing. It's still just going to voicemail. Now the police are involved heavily, and Columbus police and uh, the police sergeant, John Hurst, are conducting interviews. I mean, that's, that's the next step. They searched the entire building where the Ugly Tuna is located and the connected buildings, because, like I said... You know, all of these buildings are businesses. They have to take their trash somewhere and get deliveries of cases of beer. There's not a single delivery driver I know is going to go up the fucking escalator. Just not happening. Right. With a a fucking dolly? Hell no. No. Multiple times? No. Yeah. So Detective Hurst, um, or Sergeant Hurst, I'm sorry. He's actually looking at all the cameras and what angles they're facing because he needs to know. What angles are they facing so I can look in those directions and let me see if there's a blind spot, maybe. We interrupt your regularly scheduled debauchery to talk to you about some other cool cats. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. 
every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. The show really feels like just kicking back with us at home and chatting about monsters and tragedies, but having a few laughs along the way. Just like we'd be doing if the mics were off, frankly. (laughs) You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Forever and ever and ever. What do you think? Their links are in the description, so go check them out, you turkeys. Time to agitate the gravel and get back to Coolsville. All the other exit points, he quickly points out to others that are working with him. You know, all the stuff detectives do. And they even go so far as to bring in search dogs and sniff around the area for any trace of the man in that specific area is going to be extremely difficult. The foot traffic there is insane. Not to mention there's fucking like beer soaked floors and shit. Like all of that's going to mess with whatever's going on here. So they don't, they didn't have any footage from the street view of Um, this establishment. They did, but it's not focused on like documentaries and different things that they have posted to the public. Now right. I haven't Usually seen any. Is pretty seedy. Okay. Yeah, I just wondered if you'd seen any. Um, and and actually, I don't know if I put this in here or not, but one of the cameras is straight facing, so there it doesn't do anything special. It just faces down the escalators. You see the escalators and stairs. You see the door at the bottom. Yeah. But there's another one that pans left and right. So there could be an opportunity where he slips by it somehow. This establishment also has a trash compactor and a back exit to the trash compactor. So, of course, police are like, oh, shit, he might have fell in the trash compactor, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. They search that, nothing. They search the local landfill that all of the dumpsters in that area get emptied, they also come up empty-handed. So local authorities dredge the river even. So they go to the Olentangy River. and That's not even close to Short North in that area, Exactly. Though. Exactly Why my the, fucking point. That's a waste of fucking time. Right. So they think... Outside of the box at this point, because they don't know what else to fucking do. I mean, they've searched his apartment. They've searched the whole building and the whole area, the parking garage, the alley that's back behind this building. I mean, just all of this stuff. Landfill. They're like, fuck it, man. I got questions. I got questions. I'm looking at the aerial view and I got questions for you. (laughs) So, yeah, they are dredging the river and they come up with nothing substantial, obviously. Right. We know the first 48 hours after a person goes missing is the most crucial. Duh. They literally have a whole show about the first 48. <laughs> but his fucking phone was already going to voicemail prior to the first 48. Like This has said. long passed the first 48. And someone could have gotten way far away in this time. 
And so something bad could have happened to him on his way anywhere at this point. Like, this is not just local anymore. Now they're like... a list of questions for you. (laughs) National, right? Okay. Uh, From Gateway Plaza to the Olentangy is about three and a half hours to walk to the water. It's not fucking close. Even by car. The amount of fucking stop signs and curves you have to go around. And that's around Dublin. Like, that... No. No. That is... That was stupid. I don't at, know who thought that was a great idea. That's stupid. At this point in the search, it's been three days. So they're thinking, fuck, anything's possible. So uh, I have a question. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you with these questions. You're fine. I have questions. What about the fucking Wendy's? Okay, drunk ass dude, two girls in the video. There's a Wendy's on the other side of fucking Gateway Plaza at the time. Mm-hmm. Wendy's has cameras. Why Did they look there? Did they look on that street? Or were they focusing... I mean, his yes. apartment was not close. Drunk people like to go get shitty food. Wendy's yes. is always a, Come on. Like, was that even a, a thing? Like, that was... I. You know what? I don't know, because it's not mentioned. None of that's mentioned. Yeah. See, that's and, a question I want to ask. And honestly, I will say this. Hearst, he had stated that they did do all of that. They did look at surrounding businesses' CCTV footage. So Wendy's could have been one of those businesses because they were looking down like miles of the road. Okay. So, so I think also- that they might have, obviously, all of the businesses that were in Gateway Plaza definitely got looked at. And then there is a camera that points out to the street. Okay, I do have one more question just because of all these, like, screenshots of the aerial views. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are making mention to this construction exit, and it's showing different views of the construction. Is that where you were talking I'll about the there. garbage? Okay, okay. No. Sorry. Oh, no. That's a whole different area. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was the garbage thing you were bringing up or No, not. yeah. At first, when I first started looking this up, I was like, God damn, dude. Like, is it all in one area? But it's not. So, uh... They're thinking that he just got drunk and fell in. I don't think so. To the construction? No. No, no. To the river. Oh, fuck that. He's he's right. not making if he was that drunk. Three doing and a half hours. I don't so think so. So clone limes, he ain't fucking going that far. Yeah, so he's, a th- it's not happening. The authorities even go so far as to get permission to look in the sewer system. And the off chance that he may have ended up in there somehow. So they got the city's How? permission to search the sewer system. I, I doubt feel like it. this, what do they call this? Is this like a, is it a red heron? What they call this where they're like jumping around to shit that don't make any fucking sense just to like create a facade. Is that oh, what they call it? A red heron? I think it's a red something. Like to, yeah. Yeah. Red, like to where it like distracts you from what really is going on type thing. Right, like putting um, blinders on you or something. Yeah, whatever the whatever the term is, they're bullshitting. They are really grasping at the wrong straws. They're looking at areas that don't fucking make sense for this demographic at all, or for a drunk person. Nobody's gonna fall in a fucking sewer. He's not wearing six inch heels and and you know <laughs> trying he's to not. get a ride home. No, he's, not. he's in. He's not, and he. <sighs> No, I'm I just I'm like dumbfounded by looking at all I'm like obsessed with looking at these aerial views of the 
establishment and seeing like like it pisses me off that the other end is this fucking Wendy's and nobody is talking about Wendy's like no, literally that's probably drunk people go to food you know what I mean at least exactly. I do like yes. you know yeah at like, least and I that do. wasn't even that wasn't a mention or like I'm looking at the fact that they thought he was going to walk home. He's not walking home. That's a long distance. There's no way that's happening. Exactly. That's the last thing somebody that's shit tanked is going to want to do. Like, mm-hmm. why are these not the questions? Like, why aren't you looking at it from a different point of view? Right. So Sorry. now we're getting into that- the construction. <laughs> okay, let's do this. So this particular building was also under construction at the time. And it is Detective Hurst and other police they're combing through the construction site to see if there are any clues to his whereabouts. Um, there's a back exit that has a service door. That was where the, con- that's where the construction of the building was. Okay. So the, there's a couple of different pictures. So you're talking about the construction that's within the gateway plaza building, right? Right. Cause it says there's construction across the street also, but I'm no. you're talking about inside the building, inside the building. Okay, that's a valuable thing. I mean, that that could could be a thing. You know, right. he was trying to leave and, you know. Fell in I there mean, somehow, fell down in there, whatever. Or like the convention center in Columbus. You can get twisted around real easy and end up in a spot that you didn't plan on, you know. Yes. So if this Gateway Plaza is anything like the convention center in Columbus, I mean... There's twists and turns and all of a sudden you're in a fucking Starbucks and you thought you were going to the hotel side, you know? Like, I mean, it happens. Exactly. And it's crazy, too, because although it seems a little far-fetched that he's just going to wander on down there, the double door leading to the sidewalk is usually locked. But they check anyway, because who knows? It might have been cracked open that day or whatever. You know what I mean? Of of the construction or of the... The double like, doors on the construction site, like on the building itself. Okay. So, like, there's, like, a lock that Can is Can I say one bolt. more thing yes. about it? The construction site entrance is also the same side as fucking Wendy's. Bro. Just Maybe. saying. Maybe. I'm just throwing... I'm looking at the fucking views... Listen, he could have been trying his best. And if this is a shitty, shady area, he's not going to want to walk the street view. If he can walk. I'm Okay, let me give you this example. Let's say it's like the convention center in Columbus. I If it's a shitty area and I'm drunk as fuck and I want food and my friends just ditched me, I'm not going to walk in the street when I can walk through the building to get to the other side of the building. Maybe he didn't know there's construction. He found himself in construction, but he knew Wendy's is out that direction, out that exit. It's possible. That is possible. I mean, put yourself in a, a, you know, that mindset. Exactly. it, It is a possibility. So the detectives also do not rule out the possibility that Brian was a little more slick than they originally thought and possibly changed his look. While he was walking out, so he wasn't even seen by his what? friends. Okay, so, all right. So Let's his hear attire. This. His attire was jeans, a white long sleeve shirt with a green polo over top, and no hat. This is okay. quintessential early two thousands dude that is just. Oh yeah. Yes, he's, he's he's reeking of Abercrombie Fierce or Hollister Jake <laughs> at this point. Like, let's yes. just be honest. He is. So the only thing that he could possibly change is his shirt. Either just wear 
the polo and get rid of the long sleeve or just wear the long sleeve shirt and get rid of the polo. There was no See, other. That, unless. That pegged me because I was like, oh my gosh, in that video, was he wearing a long sleeve? Because I don't remember a long sleeve. Yes. He was wearing a long sleeve with the polo over top. Unless. Okay. He somehow went back in the bar and the bar was selling merchandise. But I mean, let's go back. Let's go back here a little bit. He was seen on the CCTV footage at 1.55 a.m. They said he went back inside the bar at 1.58. That's bar closing time. They're not letting people back in in the fucking bar. They aren't letting. Fuck no, dude. Security's like, get the fuck out. No, fuck no. And bar time is actually later. Like they changed the fucking clocks and a lot. Yes. Yeah. So by this point, in there. the bar is actually closed. You know what I'm saying? Especially so, wobbling around like he was in that CCT, like CC uh, footage. Like no, he ain't getting back in. That I don't give a fuck. Look, no. is is the most weird thing that I think. Like everyone is assuming that he went back in to the bar but i don't i personally do not believe that happened and i will talk about that more in a little bit but i don't think he was in the right state of mind to be like you know what fuck it i'm gonna change my attire and put on a mustache you know like i don't think that it was like that i'm sorry i'm still stuck on the fact that he might have got lost in the building in the construction trying to get to fucking wendy's i'm sorry i'm i'm really glued (laughs) to this until you give me a reason not to be i i can't police went to his his apartment to see if anything was out of place uh, if perhaps maybe he packed a bag real quick and took off, nothing was out of the ordinary. And actually there is an interview with Alexis because she said she would just go into his apartment. Obviously she had a fucking key if they were that right. serious and she would go in there and everything was literally folded really neat. And there was like the Ohio state flag was like, it was so particular in there. So they would definitely notice if something was out of place. During this investigation, it was asked that anyone who is connected to Brian Schaefer take a polygraph test. Obviously, we know they're not admissible in court, but it's just, it's like a a good faith gesture, right? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll take it. I mean, I ain't got nothing to hide, right? I mean, in 2006, yeah, but now we know better. We know better. Everyone took one. Dad, girlfriend, most other friends and family, except for Clint. Clint refused to take a polygraph test and lawyered up real quick. So many people, and even today, even on all the Reddits and everything that I saw, many people speculate that Clint had something to do with Brian's disappearance because of his refusal to take the test. But there's actually many reasons why he might decide not to take it. Um, I think Clint might have had some extracurricular... uh, fun time drugs on his body or in his system and he didn't want to be around cops my guess is daddy's a lawyer or he was in pre-law my am i right my literal next statement yes so what did they actually argue about in the bar um right i want to know that was it about brian wanting to leave and clint was trying to convince him otherwise because he had too much to live for here um, did Brian and Clint talk about getting some illegal substances maybe? And, you know, this isn't going to bode well for someone who's going into the medical profession even because a good judge of character also He's plays got a, a Pearl role. Jam tattoo. I don't know. I feel like he at least smokes pot at very minimal. 
that's fine and all. That's fine. But Clint is not going to tell them anything about. He feels he, like a cocaine guy to me. <laughs> I feel saying. like I'm not going to say this as fact because obviously I have no idea. But I feel like if they wanted Clint to spill the beans and say, you know, anything about what was going on with Brian, he didn't want to get caught with any sort of drugs or anything either. Maybe he was a dealer to him. You not you don't know. What what was his last name? Clint what? I, I didn't put it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought so. Nope, I wasn't going to put it either cuz Clint is actually his nickname. Okay. So, Clint fe- uh, Clint feels like a cocaine guy to me and he feels like maybe daddy's a lawyer be. or or he's in pre-law and he doesn't want to get caught with nothing because he's just trying to be, you know, out with his boy and have fun and do all this shit and now shit's getting real and he don't like it. It's not fun anymore, <laughs> so he's he's dipping the fuck out. Maybe that is a that's very my, that, that's a very That is good my judgment. Of knowing nothing, that's my judgment. So, here's another possibility. Uh was Brian trying to pick up some chicks at the bar and that's why Clint and him got into an argument since Clint knows Brian and Alexis are dating. That's a possibility. However, I doubt that. However, during one of the interviews, Clint says to the person he's talking to, you know, we go to a couple bars and we're throwing shots back. And then, you know, Brian starts talking up these chicks like he usually does. So this isn't out of the normal for Brian either to like chat a couple girls up or whatever. Even if he's dating someone, I think he's still, like, flirtatious and out there. So I don't think it could be that. News outlets are starting to cover the missing person case heavily. 27-year-old med student, 6 foot 2 inches tall, 175 pounds. He just disappears like a fart in the wind, and no one knows what the fuck's going on. 6 foot 2? That's a tall dude. You can't tell me. Right. One, their friends are yelling for him at the bar. Six foot two. You can see that motherfucker over everyone. I guarantee it. I I already think that's a lie. I 100% think that's a lie. I think they left. I think they fucking left him there. I think maybe for whatever reason, maybe he wanted, maybe he was getting too fucking wasted, drank too much whiskey, too many Soko and limes, and he was, you know, crying about whatever. Maybe he was upset. Maybe he was letting all his emotions spill out and they weren't fucking having that. Maybe he was getting in a, he was trying to one-eyed text his, you know, boo thing. Who knows? Alexis, you know, who knows? For whatever reason, I think they weren't having it. I think Meredith was Clint's friend and I think that was his sober ride home and he dipped the fuck out. I mean, anything's possible. We we know it all too well. And... At this point, search parties are being formed, and Alexis is making flyers, buttons, you name it. She's she's getting the word out there. Um, I think Facebook was just beginning to be popular. This is like the Facebook MySpace battle days, you know? How- I think this is when Facebook, you like, 2006, okay, so that was when Facebook, you had to be enrolled as a college student as a college to have student. Facebook. It wasn't yes. open. Right. right. So, yeah, it was definitely a battle days because, like, you know, either everybody could be a part of it or, you know, whatever the fuck. You right. Know, or MySpace is going to win. Exactly. 
So everyone R. wants I Brian. I wish you would have won. <laughs> Aw. Everyone wants Brian home. And they want him home in one piece. But you know how this goes. You know, it just, it sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you never get any answers. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit, but Brian is seen with these two women on the CCTV footage. He's chatting these two chicks up. 155, then Brian and the two women go back into the bar, is what everyone says, around 158. The camera points down the escalator and is located right above the foyer where the service elevator and the fire escape stairs are. So this is like meant for the band delivery, you know, the deliveries, all sorts of different shit that you're not carrying up the stairs. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. I might be confused. So that's not above the entrance of the actual bar where the escalator is? That no. CC? No. So that that camera is pointing down the escalator. Now, as I mentioned before, if you're going up the escalator to the bar... You're going up the escalator and you're turning right. So you start oh, to okay. go out of view. You're turning right. The camera okay. behind that, if you're going, if you're on the escalator and you're facing forward, right in front of you as you're getting up to the top, if you go straight, the elevator and the service stairs, like the fire escape stairs, are there. So okay, I'm sorry. I was so con. I I totally you can't see that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Multiple sources say at 158 they re-enter the bar. Uh, when Brian and the two women are seen leaving the view of the camera, they go straight back, which leads me to believe that they took the elevator, perhaps. Okay, because the entrance to the bar would be over to the right. Uh, if you're right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. That makes so much more sense now. Okay. Although, I will say this. They may have tried to go to the bar, because you can kind of see them turning a little bit towards the right. That's fine. They may have tried to re-enter the bar, but they were possibly denied and told to get the fuck out of Dodge. You don't have right. you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's literally, right. too this is the time. So they exactly. may have thought, all right, we're leaving. We'll go down the elevator. You know what I mean? Like, that is a possibility. But here we go. But they aren't caught on the camera after that. That's what I mean. I'm not sure if the elevator goes downstairs to the first floor and then everyone is forced to go out those double doors where the camera is pointing or if there is another way out. Because you can't really tell. So you said also there was like a Cinemark? In the yes, okay. So so is if that... you're going up the if you're going up the escalator and you're going up the stairs, the movie theater is to the left. Okay. So I'm not sure if there is another exit over there or if those two double doors. And actually, if you're facing the building, there is another door. Uh, that's where like the service, like the fire exit is. So I'll post that which, and I'll circle all that on um, Instagram so everyone right, can which, see which one I'm talking about. Which they shouldn't have been able to get out the fire exit anyways. You know what I mean? It like, would have made a noise even, you know? Oh, hell yeah. And like, as you can see in the CC uh, footage, 
there's officers, I mean, whether they're mall cops or whatever, they're on patrol in this area near the escalators. Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which that's another thing I have a huge problem with. First of all, um, it's also stated by Detective Hurst that he interviewed the manager of the bar. Now, this is what he asks. This is what he asks him. Mm -hmm. You're going to see how silly this is in just a minute. He asked him if anyone had taken the emergency stairs that night. The manager is not outside of the bar. He's counting the drawers and telling everyone to how get the fuck, the would fuck he know? out. So how, how the does fuck he, would know? he know? Exactly. So he's trying to... Cr- the manager is not outside trying to corral a bunch of drunk people. That's the police job. All right. All fuck right. No, you guys he's gotta- trying to get the fuck out. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So... The manager says, no, I don't think so. But how does he know? He's not outside of the bar. These cops are mall cops. I keep saying mall cops because the they look lax as fuck. They're so unconcerned with any of their surroundings. They're like leaning against the, the side rail. They look like they're like patrolling. Oh, are you 18 enough to get into this movie? Like, that's it. Like, that's that's yeah. what they visibly look like they're only there for like they don't give a shit about whatever's going they're on columbus the... police officers jesus well so they they look kind of upset that they got this detail tonight is what it seems like to right. me like oh great some yeah. more drunks that's great i'm sure that this uh establishment played closing time by semisonic because clearly that was part of the times as well and right <clears throat> management is not paying attention to the fucking exits so, so you, I'm sorry, I, I found a different picture. So I'm asking a question. I, I apologize. Um, you were talking about the emergency exit. They, that's what they questioned the owner or the manager of the bar about. Yes. Yes. The like the fire escape stairs or the escalator. That's okay, considered so that's the all, emergency exit. OK, so for the listeners, that is off to the right hand side of yes. the escalator if you're going up. So, and that's what you were speaking of. That's where they would take up, like, you know, the beer orders or whatever. So they didn't have to go up the escalator. Is that what you're talking about? There's there's an elevator that is, like, behind the escalator. It's so hard to see. If if we were there and I was able to take a picture, I would definitely do that for you. But I will try to explain it as, as, as best I can. The elevator is behind the escalators. Yeah, no, saying? no, I get, I get, I get that, but I'm talking about the emergency exits on the right hand side near the the, the bottom, door, the bottom entrance. Okay, yes, yeah. the door, the so emergency that's... exit door is downstairs to the right. Okay, so, so like, that's like the service door, right? Is that what what I was trying to connect it? Like the service door where they would take up the orders to the the bar, or whatever. So there's, or am I wrong? No, no, they would go up the elevator and go right through the front entrance. There is a trash compactor in the back, however. So, like, back there is where they took their trash out because they don't have all the dumpsters and stuff are back there. So there is another exit back there where they would go downstairs, like, throw their trash down the trash compactor chute. But the service Uh elevator and the emergency exit door are in two different locations. It's just, like, all connected by that foyer down in the bottom. Okay, okay. That's why this now. is that's why this is so fucking difficult to solve because there's so many nooks and crannies in this goddamn building and no one For can sure. see unless you are actually in the building. 
and everyone is so focused on the fucking escalators. I guarantee you he didn't go down the escalator. He went down another way. But they're focused. They're so focused on, well, look at the stairs. Look at the escalator. There's a goddamn elevator right behind that, and he could have easily gone around and gone out the exit that's to the right of the main entrance. I mean, that is possible. And yeah. who's to say when they're at the bottom of the escalator that you can tell who the fuck it is? I don't think you could tell because that's a long escalator. So they're trying to say the camera from the top, you can see at the bottom of that escalator. There's no you fucking You can't really way. tell faces and everything. There's no way you can tell. There's no way. It's way too far away. So I'm just going to go out and say it. Maybe Brian had been planning to leave for quite some time. And this was his opportunity to get away without people hounding him too much. He could have. He Ooh, okay. He could have uh, wanted to sneak away with these two women to kick his spring break off with some good old-fashioned cheating. Um, why not take the elevator to avoid his friends? It doesn't seem or too far-fetched to me. Or start a fight with his friend over who knows what. Exactly. So here's the thing. All of this shit's building up. He's going out, and all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. This is in April. Spring break's in April. In March, Brian's father gives him a check for $4,500 to hand into the admissions office, but the check never made it there. This is literally almost a month of time where he could have taken this $4,500 to the admissions office, and he never did that. The plot thickens. Yeah, that doesn't sit right with me. I tried to find everywhere if it even got cashed. And, um, you know, was it like, a personal check or it was, was a it... personal check. So his dad could have, oh, the money got taken out of my account at such and such a date. But it, I, I literally did not find anything about that. So I don't know if maybe he told his, maybe I'll sign it off to, uh, one of my friends or whatever, and they can, cash it at a check cashing place like kind of keep it on the low but they don't they don't cash something that's that large i don't believe not at check cashing i don't think right no I corner mean, never store one, or anything like, yeah, they really don't that's... they don't do that maybe he was thinking he could save the check and cash it somewhere that he was heading to so he might have stashed it away okay that makes sense i could see that also, if Randy didn't actually make out who the check was going to, Brian could have made the check out to anyone. So he could have had anyone go out and cash it for him and bring him back the money. Did Randy say that he it was a blank check or? Um, it it was not specific. That's sketchy that also, he didn't. Yes. And what irritates me the most about this case is it's covered all over the place. Every single, like, true crime, whatever, has been, it's been covered. It's covered in HLN's episode, Med Student Mystery, and it's his father. His father closed all of his son's bank accounts before he was even found. What the I'm, fuck? Why? I'm like, listen. Like, emptied them? No, like, just... I mean, he did. He emptied them and he closed the accounts. And his his reasoning, his reasoning is I didn't want 
whoever did whatever they did to Brian to spend the money. First of all, Ooh, why, that's, the f- that's why would sketch. he do that? Why would he do that? I do not understand why he would cancel his son's bank accounts, even if someone took him or something happened and someone stole his fucking cards and then spent okay. something. That's a clue. So, so being right, a paper trail. So being someone that, that has a kid or has kids, like I would not fucking close that because yeah, it, it, it creates a paper trail if they try to take money out of it. Or like, let's say, you know, your kid is running away and trying to escape and they pull money from it in fucking Switzerland. Wherever. Whatever. Yes. It's going to ping. It's You know what I mean? It's going to ping. There's going to be something there. So that's really fucking sketch that he would close that out. I oh, know. that doesn't. I don't like that. And I don't like the fact that he can't disclose or can't remember if it was a blank check or not if i wrote that size of a check i would know who the fuck i wrote it to i literally Come found on. nothing that said that it was signed to you know signed come on no- randy nothing. we're not here for this come on i'm i'm curious why the investigators did not advise him don't do that you know i think he just like freaked out and did it but even still it's still pretty weird to me the whole thing is weird yeah it's very there's lots of bits and pieces here I, yeah keep going and then i'm going to give you my synopsis at the end okay picture this brian makes a plan to get the fuck out of dodge knowing he has x amount of dollars in his bank account to live on and then all your accounts get canceled and you have no access to your money but you're not anywhere that you can easily travel back to your home what do you do how do you get home if shit don't work out he's even if he decided to leave and only had so much in cash on him even could you even fucking imagine that no it makes it turns my stomach to even think of like that type of abandonment like (laughs) so here's your pearl jam situation there's myspace posts of course myspace that Brian had posted saying he would rather be a beach bum smoking a fatty with Bob Marley. Fuck yeah, dude. I told you he went to the beach. Yes. The beach. So maybe he had aspirations to be free spirit, and yet his parents pushed him towards a career in the medical field, perhaps, and he was not having it anymore. After his mother passed, he's like, why do I need to keep doing this? You know? Yeah, but I feel like he would have taken a Lexus, you know? He was really that truly into mm-hmm. that situation. Yes and, and no. Looked, and the, the the thing was booked already? Where was he booked to? What was the vacation? They the- were going to Miami. So here's the thing. There's also things that say Alexis and him were not actually doing so good during this time. Because he's not processing his mom's death very well. Okay. And Understandable. He decides one one day, you know, like, he's going to try to break it off with her. He's like, don't worry about me. You'll find someone better than me. You'll move on. He literally says that to her. So I feel as though he's planning to leave. That's, I, at least that's how I feel. Which coincides with what we saw in the CC footage. Yeah. With the randoms, I'm just saying. I mean, it is what it is, right? And if Clint's really his fucking boy, then Clint would keep his mouth shut. 
And I feel like that's why he doesn't want to take a polygraph test. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. It. I, I wrote all this down and everything. So I'm trying to skim through these notes because we covered a lot of this stuff already. But I'm going to. I'm going to end it with one of two things. In 2008, his dad, Randy, actually passes away. So there aren't any more questions that they can ask him. He randomly gets struck by a large tree limb that falls off of a tree in his yard during a a really bad storm. Yeah, so they can't really ask him a bunch of questions anymore, obviously. And this is just... It's it's really just all coming to a head here. And the last thing that I'm going to mention is the main thing that people keep seeing now. The CCTV footage had been cropped for a long time because they want you to see as much detail of Brian's face as you possibly can. Which I understand. I get that. This is the man we're trying to look for. This is the what he was last seen in. This is what right. his face looks like. Etc. Etc. However, there is a HLN documentary that shows the CCTV footage uncropped, and here's where it gets the most interesting. He's seen on CCTV footage chatting these two women up, as we know, and they see Brian. He's looking over at the cops. Then he looks back over at the two women. Then he looks Multiple back times. over at he looks back over at the cops with his hands in his pocket. He turns around. He looks at his hand. There's something in there. Then he does this super cool fucking Houdini move and doop, he dukes something in this chick's purse. Not one time has anyone seen this before. This guy's been missing since 06. This is huge what the fuck did he put in her purse mind you these two women are having a conversation in the video so, so they like, don't even they, know right he and he like he looks back and forth to the cops like multiple times before he does his little like houdini move but like yes these bitches are not even paying attention no like, and they they're just all. they're just chatting amongst themselves and he's kind of looking you can tell, even if you don't see his face, his facial expressions, you can tell that he's, like, nervous about something. So now, yeah. and this is where I saw it at first, Ed from the Unfound podcast, he does a whole YouTube video on this. Um, the DVR he was doing, he, it was playing some games with him. But it's he shows it a few times. He's like, what the fuck is that? What is that? What did he put in her purse? A lot of people speculate it's his cell phone. He turned it off and he got rid of it. And he's like, boop, he just throws it in her purse. That seems unlikely to me. One, because if you're a chick and you have a purse, every now and again, you dump the bitch out. You either do it on purpose or you do it on accident and you see all the stuff that's in there. She would have noticed, what's this weird cell phone? I don't know this cell phone. Something would have happened with this. Right. And like all that shit was like starting to be on the media and stuff like that. Like shortly thereafter. And she found a cell phone in her purse. She went, oh my God, I had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like freaked out. I was just drunk. And yeah, there's no way. It could have been a cell phone. I will not rule it out. However, I think it was drugs. 
I think there's it was drugs. two cops I was right gonna there. Say, it looks like drugs to me. Come on, man. And then Clint pegs me as a a. a <laughs> he pegs me as a coke guy. He just really does. I don't know. I just right. got a feeling. So, like we were saying before, the flip phone, the razor was popular. It's very small. It fits in the palm of most people's hands. Obviously, I have baby hands, so that it doesn't work for me. But for a man of uh, six foot two stature, he's got probably big hands. And I'm sure that he would have been able to just hold it in his hand and look at it real quick and then duke it somewhere. That's fine. But more than likely, it was drugs. He's a med student. He doesn't want to get caught with the shit. Get caught. Yeah. Right. So I um, I feel like that is more likely. However, he hasn't been found. And nobody what's knows your, where he is. So what's your end game conspiracy theory of choice on the matter? I feel like we should leave our listeners with our our personal take on it since there literally is no legitimate take at this point. So I feel as though there's two very real possibilities that could have happened. And there's a lot of unlikely <coughs> scenarios to which I had watched a YouTube video of a psychologist going through the motions of what's plausible and what's not. Okay, um, what's your gut telling you? What's your gut after doing all that research? Because I know you dove deep, like heavily deep into this case. I, my gut is there was foul play and he got taken away somewhere. That's my okay. gut feeling because he's intoxicated to the point where He's swaying a little bit on the camera, and you can tell. And when you see a six-foot-two dude sway, he's he's drank quite a bit. Right. I don't believe in the state that he was in that he could have just ran away. I don't think that he was playing off that he was that drunk either, it, although I don't know him, so I can't say for certain. But right. more than likely, he left with the two women. They might have went to the Wendy's, like you said. And then for some odd reason, he left and went home with one of them, did what they did, and then possibly something bad happened on the way home from that. Or literally anything is possible. Anything is possible. But my gut feeling tells me something happened that night and some foul play happened and his body possibly got taken. Now, that's not to say that he just left. I can't say that for certain. Public transportation has come a long way. But if he left, he would have gotten stranded because his father ultimately cut him off. So I'm going to say this before you continue, because this is important. In 2020, there was a photo that surfaced of a homeless man in Tijuana that people were convinced was Brian Schaefer. Oh, shit. Right. He's got a lot of the characteristics and everything, but it turns out it wasn't because facial recognition was conducted. And after a month of analysis from the FBI. What about the tattoo, though? He had a tattoo. They concluded it wasn't him just by facial recognition. Mm. So now you can say, what do you think? Um, judging by what. You told me, because I did not look into this case at all until today when you showed me. 
and looking at probably about 75 aerial views of different things and pictures of Mm. the location and all that. My gut tells me him and Clint went out and they partied and his friends left him. And he was talking to those two chicks because he was drunk and they probably gave him attention. And the first thing on his mind was food. And I think that he probably... Um, knowing what I know now, um, and what I, I obviously don't know the whole lay of the land inside of the building. Mm -hmm. My guess is I'm just connecting it to like other buildings in Columbus. You can travel through the building versus through the road. I'm convinced he was heading towards Wendy's and I'm convinced that something happened in that construction zone and there could have been foul play. There could have been a overly intoxicated accident. Right. I I can't rule either one of them out, but I truly think that is what happened only because it would be really fucking malicious of him to play it off to Alexis how in love he was and then to just dip out because that's why I was asking the questions about how how was her persona and things like in her interviews, you know, did she seem smitten that you know what I mean? Right. Um And he obviously, from what you told me, was very connected with his mother and his mother bought that vacation for them. So I think it, my gut tells me even out of nostalgia and the whole thing that his mother bought that for them, like, you know what I mean? Like that would be a way that he could still celebrate his mother that even going through the pain he was going through emotionally. Yeah. That he, he wasn't going to fuck his mom out of that money that she paid. You know what I mean? That that's, I don't know. And, and And it's muddy. It's so muddy. I do think there was probably foul play, but I, my gut tells me it's, Oh, my gut tells me it's on uh, uh, maybe cops or somebody that was supposed to be doing a job that didn't complete it the right way. My gut tells me it was incompetence in or accidental in that realm, as in like he could have wandered off into an area of the building he was not supposed to and something happened and then it got covered up. Or he, Lord knows what kind of construction they had. It could have they could have never known what happened and it could have got covered. You know what I mean? Like cement gets poured shit. I mean, I don't know what kind of construction zone it was. That's my gut saying, that's my gut saying, Oh, well this will be easier to just keep walking in the building, you know, versus going outside and in April in Ohio, it's the weather's real iffy at 2 AM. I, I completely, I, I would agree with that. Drunk me would take a fucking shortcut. And from I was looking at like the lay of the land and that looked like a big shortcut. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm trying to think of like drunk college Amanda. And that <laughs> would be what my mindset is. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like my friend, my friend, my friends left me. Fuck it. I'm going to go eat. Like I'm trying to think of Nicole here. Like she would go eat. <laughs> she'd find the food. And and if there's a shortcut, I'm going to take the shortcut because I'm not trying to walk all that fucking way. Like his right. house was far the fuck away. You know, I got to exactly. eat before I can do that. And he didn't wander off. He didn't wander off three and a half hours in the wrong direction. I mean, it's just not. It's not feasible. He knows Ohio oh. State. He's gone there oh, yeah. for six years at this point. It's ridiculous. The Olentangy thing was just, yeah, that's just stupid. That was They, that they thought sense. he may be suicidal. 
because of all of like the stressors and everything. But he's not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not going to do this because anything's possible, like I said, but it's really, it's really far fetched that he would go above and beyond in that type of way. Now, uh, I think he just partied too fucking hard. He tried, like, with the girls putting that shit in their purse. I 100% agree with you and think that that was drugs. Probably from old Clint boy, who, uh, you know what I mean? We already heard right. how I, I don't thought about get him. I caught with that, but yeah. Right. You know, that that's that's what my. You're going to do what you're going to do. I can't stop you. That's the type of argument I see happening at the bar. That's exactly, you know, you're going to do whatever you want. So fuck it, whatever. And then they just part ways for a minute. Obviously, I'm sure they had this argument one too many times. But, you know, I I wanted to bring it to people's attention. It's going to irritate you just as much as it irritates us, I'm sure, because clearly there's no end to this. And I hope that there will be an end soon, whether it's, you know, finding him alive and well or getting closure for the family in some way. Uh, his his brother is the only immediate living relative because obviously his parents are gone. Um, yeah, but, I want closure for him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and Alexis as well, you know? Like, exactly. She actually got interviewed about moving on and like her her situation now. She lives she lives up north in uh in Ohio and she's married and she has children now, but um you know, she she mentions that it was really really hard for a long time. She called that phone for years. It's and, traumatic. It's trauma it's trauma. Yeah. Like it's, this is a terrible situation. And I and I want to mention this that the cell phone tower pinged one day and the phone actually rang and she freaked out because it had been months, if not a year or more since she heard the phone actually ring, ring and it rang. And so they're like, Oh my God, where did it come from or whatever? And the cell phone company at the time said, Oh, I'm sorry. Sometimes that happens. Like, it was trying to search for the phone and then, oh, it's not on. So then it went to voicemail. But oh, what okay. a heartbreaker. Commenting on that. So there is a documentary that just dropped on um, on Peacock called uh, Hidden in the Shadows or Murder in the Shadows or something like that. Um, I invite you guys to go watch that because it actually talks about and it's from this same timeline of things. It talks about um, these phantom pings. Yes. There is, uh, there's two, um, I, I don't know if you consider them scientists or whatever, but they work with like, you know, the telephone pings and technology and things like that. Mm-hmm. I invite you guys to go watch that and listen to their testimony on what they think of these phantom pings. Um, it's not what you might think. And oh, I want to see. Yes. Uh, and I mean, it's a great true crime documentary in itself. It's, you know, it's riveting. But like, just to hear what they say, because uh, it's not phantom pings. There's he basically debunks that 100 oh, percent scientifically. Shit. Yeah, that could be and, a fucking clue for sure. Yes, that's yeah, for sure. I'm going to watch so. it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Yeah. It's and only three episodes. Super yeah. short. Check it out. 
and we're done, you know? And I, I don't want to leave you with the code of the Midwest because this is a missing persons case, so I'm just going to leave you with this. If you have any information that may be pertinent to this case, you can leave an anonymous tip by calling 614-461-TIPS. So we will post that as well in case anybody has any information about Brian's whereabouts at all. Stay safe out there, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.